Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This week, thanks to my my laziness, shall we say? Um, but tonight I have joining me. I have making his midweek debut, Simon O'Regan. Simon, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks for joining us. No and returning guest, Mr. Guy Drinkle again from Anfield Index. Guy, two weeks in a row. I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll, I'll send you my fee next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the post. Right, so we've got quite a few games to cover this week. Um, we'll start with, with Monday night's game, but it was Crystal Palace nil, Burnley 1. Uh, ben Mee, after us kind of waxing lyrical over him uh, for the personal stats last week, um, quite pleased to see him score. Um, what what do you think of this game, Guy? It's what we expected, wasn't it, apart from was a goal. <laughs> That's probably the big <laughs> surprise. Um, it is, it's probably the two safest teams outside of the what would you say big eight this season i'm i've got the table in front of me but these are just ones and there's the start of the season i know palace had a bit of an iffy start you'd probably just go yeah they'll be mid-table they'll be fine and that's that's what it is um and burnley i mean obviously got uh, tonked by city in the first game back but you never i don't think anyone thought it would affect them even though they've only got like two players and most of them and the rest have buggered off on freeze um so yeah, I think it just—I can't really remember the game because it was about a year ago in in COVID <laughs> time. But um, it, I think this is just a great job that Sean Dyche is doing, to be honest. And for me, he's probably the most underrated manager in the league still. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, yeah, because I was going to—I was going to mention that to both of you because he was on the Peter, Peter Coach podcast um, just last week, and his personality was actually much funnier and you know much more charismatic than I expected. But he's done an excellent job since coming to the Premier League. Um, mm. And I've I've been an advocate now. I wouldn't want this if I was an Arsenal fan, but he's the type of guy that Arsenal need. Now he's not going to take them anywhere, as in league titles, but just he kind of, Arsenal need that reset, and he is that kind of manager who who can do it. Could you imagine Arsenal fan TV if they hired Sean Dash? <laughs> yeah. It'd be amazing, but I, I do kind of agree. I think they do need that disciplinarian. I think even like Chelsea, their defensive record's awful as well. The only the thing about Sean Dyche and Burnley, they kind of have to play that way. So we don't know if this is Sean Dyche playing this way by choice, but I mean, in terms of budget in the Premier League, I mean, Burnley must be down there with the lowest. I mean, comes in, they only have 12 players now. Yeah. So, I mean, he's doing this job. And miracle and miracles, and the only big biggish job he's been linked with was Everton before they got. Um, was it before Marco Silva? Was it after Marco Silva? I think it was before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that might be his ceiling. Unfortunately, just due to the style he plays at Burnley, but maybe he needs another club to slightly express himself more. I don't know, Crystal Palace, if Aston Villa stay up, I know John Smith, but 
they have the infrastructure and stuff that someone like a Sean Dyche could give them that security if uh, Dean Smith, I should say, um, moves on <laughs> and they do stay up or something like that. But um, yeah, Sean Dyche, I mean, maybe Everton was a seat, not with Ancelotti there now, but maybe Palace, if Roy moves on, that might be the perfect club for him now. Because there was murmurs that he wanted to leave Burnley, wasn't there, um, after the last week's fixtures. But yeah, for me, he, he could go to any club outside of the top six and Wolves, maybe, off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Simon, what, what about this game for yourself? And again, even touching on the Sean Dyche part from, a, you know, you're a fan of a, you know, like the, the more of the lower down battling Burnley teams. What... <laughs> What would a, a guy like Deitch bring to teams in the Premier League? Um, yeah, but the, well, so uh, to answer the first one, the game itself, um, I'll be honest, I, I didn't watch the game. I've just seen the, the highlights of it. Uh, I mean, I, I, I love my football as much as the next guy, but Palace Burnley didn't <laughs> must watch TV. Um, yeah, Sean Deitch, I'm a massive fan of his. I've, got, I've, I've been a fan for a long time. Um, I think last season uh, when Villa won the championship and uh, when Bruce got the sack, there were there was slight murmurings of, of us perhaps going to Dodge. I, I never thought that we'd attract him to leave a Premier League club to, to come down to the championship. But I would um, I would not have a problem having a manager like that at my club. As as Guy said earlier, the, the budget that he's working with at Burnley. To, I mean, they're sitting what uh, ninth in the table. The only there's only goal difference separating them and Spurs, having their point behind Arsenal. Um, to, to do that with you know limited budget and to get the best out of what I suppose most people would look at people like Ashley Barnes and Chris Woods up front and maybe say that you wouldn't necessarily think that they're decent uh, Premiership players, but he he gets performances week in week out from from his team. Um, I, I, yeah, I just echo it, guy. I think he's done a fantastic job and probably deserves uh, a shot at a club where he's going to have a bit of money to spend and and see if he can sort of improve on on the style of football. Yeah, I mean, as I think as Guy pointed out, it's it's one of those the the slightly bigger clubs will be afraid to take that risk because yeah, a one dimensional thing. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's you feel kind of for Burnley saying that, but. You would like to see him be given a, a bigger chance. And as I say, I, I, I said it last week, I'm sure, to James when we were talking about it. Um, I, I, I thoroughly down that he's, he's the type of manager, at least, that, that an Arsenal need just mm-hmm. to do that reset, get the structure right. And then they could even, you know, three-year contract, say, once he does the, the fundamentals, you know, then look for the manager to then do the the next stage sort of thing, but I think he's the closest Arsenal could attract to like a Simeone at Atletico. You know, he's our version of, of that without the finances. Yeah, I, I think, um, like the point saying, I'd, be, I'd love to see Arsenal fan TV and, and I would love to see how they would react to it if, if Deutsch came in charge, but it's, you know, they, they, they went with uh, Emery, who was the, you know, attractive foreign manager and, you know, they looked dreadful. I, I think Arsenal's sort of... I think they, they need a bit of a reality check of, of where they are in the league right now. And, it, it, you know, I'm sure Arsenal fans wouldn't mind um, seeing a team that, that had defenders who could actually defend rather than having to watch 
Mustafi and unbelievably David Louise for another year, it seems. Um, so yeah, I, I think it would be perfect for Arsenal, to be honest. I, I think he'd, he'd really get that club sorted out. No, I, I couldn't agree more. But we'll move on to Tuesday night's game. Um, and it was a Brighton nil, Manchester United 3. Man United unbeaten since January. Obviously, we've had the, the big gap. So the date is a bit embellished. But that's uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14 games. 15 games unbeaten. Um, what did you think of this game, Simon? Um, I thought Manu looked good, actually. Uh, annoyingly so. I, I think, um, you know, I, I think everyone's kind of enjoyed what's happened with United the last few years. But they they kind of, um, since since they've come back, they, they have looked in good shape. I, I think having um, Pogba and Fernandez in that midfield together... I, you know, compared to when they've had, you know, Fred and uh, McTominay sitting in there. I mean, don't be wrong, I think McTominay's a good player, but the Fernandes and Pogba, they're very, very, very good footballers and it makes a massive difference to that team, having them in midfield. Um, I thought Mason Greenwood, I like the look of him. I thought his goal was really well taken. You know, the little step over and a smart finish. Um, his assist for Fernandez, his second goal, you know, for a young player to sort of get his head up in the box and, and pick a man out of the back post. I thought he looked good. But then Brighton, actually, after going 3-0 down, the last sort of 20, 25 minutes, I thought they looked pretty decent and they had a few chances. Um, I think Brighton will be safe because I think they've got a six-point gap on, on the bottom three. Yeah. And a healthy goal difference on them as well. And I can't see the bottom three getting another six or seven points. So I think they'll be all right. But um, yeah, Man, Man U, despite having Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in charge, who I think is one of the luckiest managers in the world, they they looked really good on Tuesday night, I must say. Yeah, I mean, Guy, I, I don't know what Simon means about taking pleasure from Man United's descent in the last few years. Um, what, what about the performance for yourself? Anything stand out? Um, nothing really. I think I, I I've tipped them all over on my own podcast and stuff to get top four since since the January run. Really, I think as soon as uh, Fernandez came in, it's not the last piece of the puzzle. Maybe it's for top four, but not winning a title contenders. But you could see at the turn of the year, Leicester were kind of dwindling, and Chelsea are still very inconsistent, which we'll obviously come on to, and um. I could see them getting top four, and especially with the Man City situation where fifth might get it as well. Um, and and they've kind of just continued that, and it's interesting seeing the Bruno Fernandes and Pogba midfield. It'll be more interesting when they come up against a midfield that isn't in the bottom half of the table, or like a... Who did they play in the Europa League? Austrian team, that's what I'm going with. Lask, was it? <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting when they come up against a team that actually has a midfield. And as Simon said, I mean, I, I, I did see a, a little highlights package. I did watch the game, but it's Man United and when they're winning, I kind of just go like white noise. <laughs> um, but Yves uh, Eves Basuma for Brighton. Um, it's someone I've, I've, I think he performed quite well or had a mixed game against Liverpool. And it's one I've kept notes on. He, he looks like a decent player for Brighton. Um, and yeah, I agree with that. I think Brighton will be fine. They've got a bit of a uh, 
a gap. And I'm not sure what the fixtures are, but they look promising in spells. And obviously that win against Arsenal on the first game back on the restart, it just helped them with the buffer. Um, but Brighton will be fine. And Man United, they're just beating the fodder. And that's what teams need to do to get into the top four. Um, so it will be interesting when Man United do have to play Probably Man City mostly, because is, is Pogba going to chase De, De Bruyne around the pitch? Probably not. So that's probably a game where you need a Fred or a McTominay with, with Matic. So it's interesting at Man United, and I think they'll get top four, and they will probably will get top four, but I still think they're a good few players off getting to our level and Man City's level, to be honest. No, yeah, I couldn't agree more with both you guys. Um, de- I think the the biggest question Man United had to answer was how Pogba and Fernandez were going to play together. Um, and uh, as you say, so far it's working. But I mean, they've had a favourable fixture list. Um, next up's Burnmouth for them. So again, you know, judging on performances again, which we'll come on to shortly, um, it's not looking too challenging for them. So that City game um, next week will be the. The big test of one oh, of is that actually, is that actually near? I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that'll do. Next and then, when it, I don't know what days games yeah, are on. Yeah. So we'll just say in two games' time they've got it. So it's uh, that'll be the challenge. As mm. you say, City when they want to play are still a match for for anybody in world football. Um, so that'll be the test for United whether they can keep up with the pace and the and the movement. So, but it's 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 looking good for them for top four now, especially. As you say, I think you mentioned the guy, the Chelsea inconsistency, and unless they've been on a free fall since, I mean, not trying to make it about Liverpool, but since we gave them that hiding in, in December, mm. um, I think, I mean, well, I'll not go into the stats too much because obviously we've got the other game we talk about, but yeah, it's not looking good for them. So, Man United just need to keep picking up those points, you know, plodding the way the way they're going. Absolutely. Yeah. So we move on to last night's games where we had a. We're a decent four fixtures. And we'll start off with Burnmouth, um, who United have got next, who lost to Newcastle 4 1. Who saw this coming? Uh, <laughs> well, I saw Bournemouth losing. I didn't see Newcastle turning into Pep era Barcelona. <laughs> that was a shock. They, they played some nice football in this as well, Newcastle. Um, you forget. Uh, like who's in charge of them here the way they played St Maximum was incredible uh, he, he was brilliant um, the, the start of the season he looked a bit like um, how Adama Traore used to be when he was at the Villa and Middlesbrough great pace but just no end products but uh, like, like Traore has improved um, St Maximum uh, since the restarts I mean he got three assists last night and yeah. Yeah, he, he looks excellent, I must say. Very impressive. Yeah, guy shocks in Newcastle score four, but Burnmouth for um they're in big trouble, aren't they? Yeah, I think I'm not sure where their fixture list is, but seeing as they've got Man United next, it can't be that it can't be that bloody easy. <laughs> um it they're kind of going the dead and buried route and it doesn't look promising because I think they dropped Callum Wilson last night and brought in Dom Solanke. And Wilson was suspended. Was he? Okay. Okay. So it's not just a stupid decision. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I mean, Wilson, he's pretty much the first two months of the season player, then he doesn't do out for the rest of it. And he's your most reliable goal scorer, apart from Josh King, who only scores penalties. 
and your third choice striker is Dom Solanke. It there's no goals there. There just really isn't. And although Ryan Fraser couldn't be bothered this season, he was still there. Uh, probably still their best player, most creative player, with apart from Nathan Aki, who's obviously defensive. But he's probably their, joint, their best attacking player, I should just say. Um, and, yeah, I didn't watch this game. I was watching the other two on laptop and TV, but I did watch the highlights, and it just looked embarrassing. Like, Sim Maximum, he can obviously run anyone ragged with... I was going to go for the boring racial stereotypes there, but he's a really good player, but he has got the pace, he's got the trickery, he's got the all that jazz there. Um and he just destroyed who was playing right back probably Stacy, um, who not had a good year. Um and he just battered him the first goal. Didn't the Bournemouth player just pass it to Dwight Gale to score? Um no. it's it's not it's not pretty. And I mean it could have been more. I mean um Isaac Hayden missed the tapping as well. Yeah, the open goal. Yeah, yeah. And the most annoying link thing for me in this game is that same maximum is on my bench on FPL. Oh. <laughs> well, shall we cheer Burnmouth fans up even more and we'll just run through their next five fixtures? Oh, God. It's, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah, away to Man United. Mm. Then they have Southampton. Uh, no, Southampton, sorry. Tottenham. And then they have Man City, no, Leicester City, sorry. He's then, <laughs> And then Southampton. Is Southampton away or at home for Bournemouth? At, at home to Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth are at home. Southampton are meant away from home as well. <laughs> but still, mm. it's, not a, it's not a run of fixtures you want on a relegation battle. Oof. Run. No, I mean, I, I, I actually watched the, the full ninety of the of this game, and I, I mean, I, I know that Bournemouth have, have been bad this season, but that it was one of the worst performances I've seen from a team. Um, I kind of part of me feels like I should give Newcastle more credit, but I, I and the Newcastle did play well, but. Geez, Bournemouth made it so easy for them. I mean, the, the first goal in the first five minutes, there was just no pressure um, from the on the Bournemouth defenders. And the first touch, I think it was Jefferson Lerma who gave the ball away. And five minutes into the game, it was it was like the Bournemouth players knew once they went one nil down, it was like, mm. well, well, this this is over, isn't it? And uh, Solanke. <laughs> he, he, he had a really good chance actually about 20 minutes into it and they, the commentators was, was sort of I think trying to give him a, a you know go a bit easy on him by saying oh it's a difficult chance on, on the turn but a centre forward in the Premier League sh- should be at least hitting the target with that, it that's a 20 million uh, pound striker you should say <laughs> yeah I mean although having said uh, that about Solanke, I've got to say as well, it was possibly the worst um, game I've seen in the Premier League with, with in terms of the two number nines on each team. Because Joel Linton, is, he's not... I'm positive he's not a footballer. He's won a competition. Because <laughs> he... Every time he got the ball, it genuinely looked like he had... He did not know what, what it was or <laughs> what to do with it. He... I thought he was awful, but Dwight Gale looked pretty decent, and as we said before, same maximum 
was he just ran them ragged. Like, he mm. kind of felt sorry for the Bournemouth back four, and I think they were delighted when he was taken off. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's not looking good for them. And as a Villa fan, you'd have been pleased with that result. But a result that you that you wouldn't have been pleased for, which we'll jump to, is um, West Ham's surprise 3-2 win over Chelsea. Yeah. That, How did you feel watching this? Um, not great. Not, I mean, I had to bet on Chelsea to win as well in the, the accumulator. <laughs> they let me down. But I was I was watching it, and the, the, sort of the first 20 minutes, half an hour, it was similar to our game. that Chelsea didn't really create much with it. And West Ham, sort of after 20 minutes, half an hour, unlike us, decided, actually, if we show a bit of ambition, go forwards, you know, get get into it and be aggressive, we can get a result here. And yeah, the kind of, from my point of view, not happy to see West Ham pick up the three points. But I think they fully deserved it. I thought they, they, they played really well, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I thought they did deserve it. And they were lucky, unlucky to have a goal disallowed. Um, I thought the penalty was suspect as well. Um, um, with, well, I think with the, the disallowed goal, this is the problem you're getting now with that you're going to have with VAR. In, because, yes, it, you know we, we can all look at it and think, well, that's ridiculous. But by the letter of the law, it has to be disallowed and oh, uh, no I agree I'm, I'm an SFA referee I'm I'm not yeah. I'm disagreeing with a with a decision I just you know, obviously it's it's one of those things it's just unlucky for West Ham oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, the, of the situation um guy I mean this is a, a typical Chelsea inconsistency I guess mm. um a start I heard to yesterday and maybe in another WhatsApp group guy that Chelsea have conceded more goals than Arsenal yeah, that was probably the most shocking thing I heard yesterday. Um, Anybody had a worst offence than Arsenal? It's actually it's it's actually impressive how bad that is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the thing is, you look at the players. I mean, maybe it's more reputation than actually watching them because I don't watch Chelsea every week. So why would you? I mean, Aspilqueta maybe passed his best a bit, but he was the best fullback in the league post Ashley Cole, probably for probably yeah. About, yeah. Five to ten years, probably. Well, probably best defender, Barry. Yeah, most consistent, yeah. Um, Marcus Alonso is horrendous, obviously, but he's good going forward. Um, And then Christiansen, he's always had this reputation, but, I mean, Conte just seemed to break him after he fell out with David Luiz and not seemed to have recovered since. Mm -hmm. And and Rudiger, he's their best centre-back, but he wouldn't get on Liverpool's bench. Yeah. which is probably a problem. Um, and he'd, barely, he'd maybe get in the City team just because they don't have defenders, but that's not saying much when they've got Otamendi, etc. Wouldn't get in Man United's team. Maybe <laughs> probably get in Arsenal's team just about. Probably just about well, getting Arsenal's team. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, 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 it's, it's a problem because, I mean, the start of the season... Building up players like Tamari, etc. I'm not slating yeah. Tamari saying that he's the reason for it, but to go into the season and have a worse defensive record than Arsenal, it it, it needs investment. And yeah. I'm kind of going off topic from the game, but you see them spending whatever it was, 50-odd mil on, on Werner. I can't remember what they spent on Ziyech. Um 
and they're linked with other attackers, like who is it, Kai Havertz and stuff like that. Yeah. Buy a defender, man. <laughs> yeah. You, you feel they're going down the arsenal, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. the kind of, it's literally Kante holding midfield together. Like, I think him and Kovacic are good, but Kante is not a sitting defensive midfielder. He wants to go run at people. They still need that sitting defender. They need what we have in Fabinho, what Man City had in Fernandinho for so many years. They need that with Kante and Kovacic. And then they can control games, and then you can play a donkey like Alonso at left-back who can just attack. Um, but they really need a centre-back and a and a DM. And there's rumours that Kante is off, so they'll probably just put Jorginho in there who can't defend at all anyway. Um and play Kai Havertz in the in midfield, and just screw off defend. It'll literally be Liverpool thirteen fourteen without Luis Suarez. <laughs> it won't work. But oh, they 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 uh they need two two centre backs. Reese James is a good prospect, so you can play him at right back. And they've needed a left back since Ashley Cole Well, since Aspilquet has been moved from there, but really since um since Ashley Cole got old. Yeah. Um... I can't, yeah, I can't actually add any much more to it, Chelsea. I mean, my, my thoughts always look biased, um, uh, and Ryan from our from other podcast will, will fair shout at me that. But Chelsea just, they can sign all the attackers they want, but if they don't, like, address... And, I mean, it took Liverpool long enough to do it. There's a reason mm. Liverpool spent so much money on a goalkeeper um, and a centre-back in the difference. Oh, I forgot about Kepa. Jesus. Well, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Most expensive goalkeeper in the world, and and let's be honest, he's down there with Pickford on levels of ability for me. Mm. Yeah, I I thought he um, West Ham's first goal that actually counted the yeah. equaliser in the spoke of half time. Yeah, that that was just shocking goalkeeping. He, Awful, and, yeah. and he, defender he, as well. Who was the defender? Um, I I think Aspilicueta was meant to be marking. Mm, so he lost game, him for the disallowed goal. Yeah, and, and that actually. The county, but yeah, I mean, Kepa, he just he came out. I think he bumped into his own defender. Mm. And he, you want your keeper coming and whacking his own defenders out the way to come and take the ball. And Chelsea, I, I agree with everything Guy was saying about their defense. So I think Rudiger and Christensen, I, I think they're very, very average Premier League defenders. Um, but it, it seems to be a bit... I think Frank Lampard does have a bit of a blind spot in setting up any sort of defensive organisation. It was the same with Derby mm. last season. And, uh, you know, it looks the same with Chelsea. They, should, they look very uh, gettable at the back if you had a go at them. It, it surprises me that they're actually in fourth because... Mm. I mean, I haven't watched Chelsea that much this season, but I don't remember ever watching them and thinking, bloody hell, they they look decent. I yeah. mean, they've got good forward players, but I think I think they'll do well to finish in the top four this season. I, mm. I can see Wolves and United overtaking them. Yeah, I, I mean, I've predicted Wolves um, for for top four, um, and obviously the the game last game of the season will be pivotal for that. I think, but I mean, I think let's just to just to end on this game, I think. We, we need to give West Ham a lot of credit. Um, mm-hmm. We slated the last week guy about just not looking interested. Yeah. Uh, results not going their way. And they fairly picked us. I mean, it's a London derby, I guess. So um, it always helps. But that's a massive mm. three points at the bottom of the table for themselves. Absolutely. Um, so we'll move on to the 
arguably the worst defensive display I've seen in the Premier League. Um, and that includes teams who lose 8-9-0. This Arsenal-Norwich game, um, which Arsenal won 4-0, look, generally looked like adults playing against 15-year-old kids. Um, Norwich mm. were... I want to say disgraceful, really. It was really pathetic. Um, I mean, uh, did both of you guys see this or even see the highlights? I've seen the highlights of it. Um, yeah, I think Norwich... Kind of, yeah. I feel sorry for their fans. To be honest, I, I think they'd have rather the season just be done, and they'd have been put down the points per game rather than actually have to watch it happen. They just looked absolutely dreadful, didn't they? I mean, that that mistake from uh, from Krul for Abamyang's first goal was yeah. What as what can you do? You know, <laughs> it's it's just horrible to watch. And to be fair, actually, I think even the second goal. Um, Xhaka's goal he, he went through his legs yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, past four players and I, you just I, I don't think there's anything positive to, 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 to say uh, about Norwich at the moment is it they look like they're just going you default you know the start of the season they they were playing they were at least playing decent football if, even if they weren't picking up the results but since uh, since the restarts, they they just look like they they just want it to end as soon as possible. It was like the worst thing they ever did was beat Man City opening game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was. Yeah, I think it gave it gave their fans probably a sense of oh you know maybe you know maybe we can chuck out a few decent results here and there. Yeah. But I mean, Villa did the double over Norwich, which I think should really speak volumes. Yeah, I mean that's mass. That's the teams you want to be beating where you are. Uh, Guy, I mean two for Aubameyang, mm. one for Zaka, um, and Cedric Suarez with his first goal for Arsenal. Um, can Arsenal take positives this, or is this just more of like a, a momentum? Let's get a couple more wins and and see where we are at the end of the season. <laughs> the clean sheet to the positive there for Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to add on Norwich. I- I think the worst thing that ever happened to them was getting promoted, which might sound really stupid from someone who's a Liverpool fan, but if they had another year in the Championship and got promoted, I mean, I think we saw it with Burnley. I mean, Sean Dyche got relegated and came back up. Yeah. Nor- Norwich needed to find the defensive side to come, come up with, because I think their defensive record in the Championship was horrendous, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. They needed another year, or they needed to sign a Gary Cahill a defensive midfielder in the in the summer, someone like that because well they're not very good. Um, to add to the Buendias and Pookies etc. But Arsenal, job done for them. Obviously, it could have been one of them games that easily turns into four all. Probably probably would have earlier in the season <laughs> under under Emery. Um, but Arteta, it's still too early to judge him, but he certainly improved them defensively outside of like the Man City games. Um, but when you're against the Norwich team that implodes like that, you, you don't really have to be good attacking or defensively, really. So there's not really much to take from Arsenal. And Arsenal season, I think we discussed this last week, um, they probably will prefer to finish outside the Europa League. Yeah, I mentioned that today to, to people at work as well, yeah. I mean, the biggest positive I take is, is Kieran Tierney getting another 90 minutes. Yeah. Built. Um, I, I still believe well he is Arsenal's best defender by 
by a long way. By a mile. I think I think Cedric will be. I know it's a signing based on his agent and stuff like that, but if they want to improve defensively, Cedric Tierney's not bad fullbacks if you want something steady. Yeah, I mean. Bellerin's uh, just fast. He's got no no between. Uh, beers, yeah, I mean, yeah. but you could even have Bellerin as a fullback, and you could play Tierney as a centre back. Mm. You know, if the funds aren't there to go big and just get one centre-back. Tierney could fill in at left centre-back comfortably. Well, I think they could play a back three, really. I mean, if you play Saka as wing-back, Tierney yeah, left centre-back. Well, yeah, he's just signed a new deal, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, David Luiz in a three is not as bad, and he can pass the ball. So maybe <laughs> that. Mustafi seems less bad <laughs> than, than what he was under Emery. But, but that's definitely the bar was pretty. Low. Yeah, that's the thing. But their other defenders is Rob Holding, <laughs> and well, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. You might as well be good on the ball and can't defend, and just be bad and can't defend. I suppose. But um, yeah, that I mean Saliba etc. Who's, who's coming in in the um, in the summer, and ho- hopefully for their fans, they they do sign another centre back, but. T- Teeny, Teeny seems someone to build on. He just had the injury problems, so TD plus three <laughs> is what you'd go for with Arsenal's defence. Um, and the rest of the issues because Aubameyang's probably going to go. The midfield's bad, but they can beat Norwich, so that's where we're here. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we all agree. It was just one of those games. Um, Norwich are down. Arsenal really nothing to play for in a way. Mm. Um, whether they want yeah. to finish high enough up the table for Europa, I think as Liverpool fans, we've seen what damage it can do, that we wouldn't want it. And as a Villa fan yourself, Simon, you'd probably want it just because it was <laughs> you were high enough up for Europe. But moving on to the last game of the season for a team who don't look like they want any Europe and a team who's actually on quite a good run of form at home, um, Everton beat Leicester 2-1. Richarlison and Sigurdsson for... For Everton and any actual, which I thought was a an error when I watched this game, um, for for Leicester, that's only fifteen points from eighteen games from Leicester guy. Are they really really going to throw it away so bad? It, it looks like it is. I mean, uh, you mentioned um, our game where we battered them in, in. I think it was Boxing Day, wasn't it? Around then, uh, yes. I just, I've just found a tweet. I saw it yesterday. They've been averaging one point zero eight points per game since the turn of the year, which is pretty damn bad. Which is just probably just above the relegation zone, just about. Um, they are screwing this up greatly. It, it it's actually amazing, like. And it's not just since the restart, as I say, that's since the turn of the year, so there's not really any excuses. Um, it, it's just gone It's just gone to pot, and we had a discussion on this pod last week about Rodgers, and he does have these implosions in him, we, we know that firsthand. Um, and it seems like he's just condensed it into a half a season at, at Leicester. Um, and if they don't finish top four, that team will get taken apart a lot, like... Indeed, he would be perfect for so many teams in the uh, top of top half of the Premier League. Like maybe us aside, because we've got Fabinho, he'd probably get in every other team in the Premier League. Um, who else have we got? Telemans. Ginny Vine Aldum's linked with a move away potentially for Liverpool. 
Tielemans is right in that mould. We take him. Madison's got eighty million to Man United all over. <laughs> um, and and the bloody rest, Harvey Barnes, I'd love him at Liverpool, etc., etc. Sionchu walk in many teams. It's if they don't get top four, I I worry for them. Um, and it's easy for us to go harsh on Brendan Rodgers because we I don't think we like him, Ali. <laughs> um, I mean, you might have gone soft on him since the Celtic stuff. Nope. But I'm the Liverpool stuff. It's it's still in there um, for me and. It's it's an implosion and it it's easy to blame the manager, but the players have been bad as well. But it's the manager's job to fix it. Like it's not it when they're in that position, it's not like a huge a huge challenge. But to get to average relegation form since December, that must be on the manager rather than the players. You must think something out, figure something out there because I'm not sure what their fixture list is, but. They need the top four to keep that team together, and in this game yesterday, Vardy's looking old, man. He is looking lost out there. Like you joked about Ine and Nacho, he came on and was probably their best player. Yeah, he looked lively. Yeah, which is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Vardy had that spell, didn't he, before Rogers came, where he looked done in a way. Yeah, um, and he was rejuvenated with Rogers coming in. To be fair, and I think even like. The, the most negative Liverpool fans guy, probably yourself as well, would be like, oh, well, maybe mm. kind of Leicester were that good fit for Rodgers, in a way, like that yeah. size of club. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, I mean, let's take nothing away from Everton here. I thought they were they were excellent. And um, I think they have got the, the, the second highest uh, home record undefeatedness now. Wasn't it eight? Uh, wasn't it eight to fifty six between well, us? And I, 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 I didn't want to bring up. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to leave that there. But um, yeah, Simon, what did you think of that? I'm going to look up the Leicester fixtures while you talk about the game. Yeah, um, it's kind of uh, similar to what Guy said. Leicester just—I don't know—they've just completely imploded. Um, must have been the shock of of Villa putting them out of the League Cup over two legs. They must have thought, well, hang on a minute. We've had two bites at Villa and not got through here. So I don't know whether that's affected them. Um, Everton, since Ancelotti's come in, they've sort of, under the radar a little bit, I think, improved. Uh, I think because I had such a poor start to the season, it's kind of meant that I couldn't really do anything, you know, of any great significance. But I think they... They're looking, they're looking decent. Um, is it like uh, Gordon, the young lad? Who, yeah. Uh, set up the first goal with a nice little ball in. Um, Leicester, the sort of what epitomised their implosion at the moment was the penalty that was given away. Mm. I don't know what he was doing with his hands that high up in in the box, and it was nicely taken. Um, I think Everton, they, they could do with a, a proper goalkeeper that would really... <laughs> mean, Straight Jordan swap for Kepa. He, he, he did his best to give Leicester a point. I don't know if you saw um, yeah. the one yeah. that came the clearing off the line. But, I mean, that that, that is just your classic Jordan Pitford with his little T-Rex arms, couldn't get to the ball <laughs> properly. But, um, but And then Leicester, to be fair, Ian show. He got his fortunate goal, and then he he nearly nicked nicked an equaliser right at the end. He had a lovely first touch and the shocking finish. But um, yeah, I, Leicester, I, I agree. They because of how well they started the season, 
they need they need to finish top four because as you already mentioned, Tielemans, Madison, and Didi. Um, you've got Ben Chilwell as well, who mm. and uh, the other fullback Pereira, mm. very very good players. If if they if they don't finish top four, they're going to have teams looking to take them. It, it, even someone like Johnny Evans, I know he's you know he's he's a bit older now, but we were talking about Chelsea could do with a proper defender. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't, wouldn't do much worse than getting someone like Johnny Evans in. Yeah, I said Man City should have took him. Remember when they were really tipped to get him yeah. maybe four years ago, five years ago? I think he would have been great. West, yeah. um, just as we were talking about fixtures, Guy, their, their last six fixtures, they're at home to Crystal Palace, so no gimme there. Mm. Then they have, they're away to Arsenal. Um, obviously, we, we know Arsenal's defensive side, <laughs> but yeah. um, they've got three points against Bournemouth. Um, yeah. But Sheffield United, again, we don't know what Sheffield United is going to turn up, but let's take over the whole season. It's no gimme. They've then got away to Spurs, and then the last game of the season is the Man United game. So it's, they, they really need to get a win very soon to try and just change their fortune a bit, just get that. Well, that's the thing. They need more than one bloody win. <laughs> but maybe just that one. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. Next one. Yeah, it's a fair point, but at the same time, if it even like drawing games isn't enough. I mean, Chelsea, albeit they screwed up, they're only one point behind. Man United are three points behind, and I don't know Leicester's goal difference is a lot better, but still, and and Wolves they're only three points behind as well. So it it it's getting up there. It's getting up there. I I, I can see Wolves taking that top four taking. Uh, one of third or fourth, they they just look so good. And I'm just actually looking at Wolves' fixture list now. Got Arsenal, Sheffield United, Everton, Burnley, Palace, and Chelsea last game of the season. So that, that could be an interesting one. But Chelsea Wolves at the end. I mean, the thing for Wolves, I think, which is on their side, is they perform against the big teams. They're, they're a well oiled machine, they, they look like they belong where they are. Yeah, ev- yeah, everyone, they, they've got a set system and everyone knows exactly what they're doing in, in, in that job, in, in that system. So, yeah, and, and you know, Jimenez is banging goals in. I, I think they look a proper outfit with a really good manager. Mm. Just out of interest as well, Man United's fixtures. Bournemouth at home, Villa away, Southampton at home, Palace away. West Ham at home, and then that Leicester game on the final day at Leicester. Yeah, so they've got top four wrapped up, haven't they? Should do. It's at that. I mentioned you asked for a Wolves prediction at the end of last week, didn't you, Ali? Yeah, <laughs> it's gone in a week. I think we'll get top four now. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, so I, I asked. I asked my three guests last week, Simon. Um, yeah, Wolves get top four, and every single one of them said no. <laughs> um, I think they do. Yeah, I, I do as well. I, I, just think I think they're built for it. Um, I think I think even the Wolves players have come out and said about when people were concerned about how many fixtures they played. Obviously, in the Championship, you play just as many. So I think they're they're already built mentally for that as well. Uh, the only thing is, where, when does the Europa League start up again? Or is it starting up? I, I assume it'll be around uh, in near August time, the same as the Champions League. Yeah, so I think it's, it, I think they're doing a tournament as well, aren't they? I think. Yeah, 
the Europa League winners um, obviously get a Champions League spot as well, don't they? So mm. Wolves have got sort of two stabs at this, really. They they can give it the all to try and finish in the top four. And, of course, fifth could still get Champions League, depending what happens in mm. Man City. But even if, if they miss out on the Premier League, they're more than capable of going and winning that Europa League. So Absolutely. I think Wolves will be playing Champions League football next season. I, I really hope so. I've, I've been a fan of Wolves since since last season in the Championship. Um, there's always a team that obviously catch your eye in the Championship who who do mad things. It seems. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they were they seem to be my team last season, um, and it, and it's been fun to keep an eye on them. And I've I've always found them just being excellent, even when they came to Anfield. I just found they were just fun games. You know, they were just. We didn't really walk over them. I mean, the scoreline in one of the games I think was quite. It looked quite comfortable. Yeah. The game itself actually wasn't. Um, and yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a, a huge advocate for Wolves as anybody who listened last week. Um, but that'll be the games covered for for just midweek. Um, there are obviously games going on tonight, but we'll leave that for the for the Friday guys. Um, and we will cover any game. I've no idea when game, I think the game's on every day, so. Yes, we'll be back next week again. We'll cover whatever games are on. Um, Simon, where can everybody find you online? And you anything you, you want to promote? Uh, it's just on Twitter at Sioregan, S I O R E G A N, and you're probably best to avoid it after a Villa game for about an hour because it won't be pleasant. Well, it might be pleasant reading, depending on who you support. <laughs> uh, and Guy, what about yourself? Yeah, for me personally, it's at Guy Drinkle and any any pod work or anything like that, it's at Anfield Index. I'm sure that has been blowing up in the last week. Yeah, just the 15 pods in two days or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. And for for ourselves, just at Man the Post on all social media platforms. Um, we now have the the weekend show, Sunday show would have been out. Um, we've got a new championship and lower leagues pod with the with the boss man himself hosting that. Uh, the Friday show will be back tomorrow. Well, whenever you guys listen, and I think that's all. We need to get a man in the post back on the go, but me and Ryan are useless at organising. Um, but thank you again for used to joining me, and always remember to keep your man in the post. <laughs>